Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. Today we're, we're, we're talking a little bit early in the process, but uh, we're talking about the FIO awards and the different categories. Um, this year we've done things a little bit differently. We've got our awards package all together uh, in, a, in advance of festival season, and, and it's our hope that people will start having a look at it now and think about the awards all through their process so that they're not sitting at the end of the year thinking back to what they did and what might be slotted where. We're giving people an opportunity to have a look at what's out there and, and maybe even tailor some of their programs towards some of our award submissions. We've got Amanda Murray from the Township of Clearview, an award-winning Small Halls Festival. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much, Dave. It's great to be on the air today. And Amanda's a, a, a big part of our committee. Uh, Amanda, can you speak to the process of the FIO Awards and what it means to be a winner from, you know, from your township and, and from others that you've talked to? Yeah, so for Clearview Township, we've won several Festivals and Events Ontario Awards. We've been really involved in the awards and recognition program um, for a number of years, both in terms of applying for achievement awards, um, being successful with winning certain achievement awards, such as the Sponsor of the Year, which we shared with Cremore Springs Brewery um, just this past year in uh, 2019, and then also um, being regularly listed as a top 100 festivals and events Ontario. And even though our Small Halls Festival started six years ago, we've only been named the top 100 in the past three years. So um, I do definitely have some experience with making those applications and branding our event as an award-winning festival. But then also being uh, a volunteer with Festivals and Events Ontario and sitting on the awards committee and acting as a judge over the last uh, little while and going through the entire awards program. So I'm pretty familiar with both being a judge and doing the um, behind-the-scenes work, but also uh, taking the time and effort to apply for these awards as our um, festival manager. And just to be very clear for anybody out there listening, um, Amanda, if you've got a, a project that's in for, for submission for our awards, you, you're, you step back and are not part of that panel. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I do declare a conflict um, for awards. Uh, that I apply for, but also as Clearview Township, um, because I'm a funding partner of some other awards, I step back and I don't review those either. So I think we have a very transparent um, committee now um, that works very closely with all the other judges to make sure that we are fairly evaluating um, all of the nominations and the applications that come in. And, and, you know, Amanda, one thing that really surprised me, and it speaks to our top 100, uh, I was at the uh, municipality conference in Ottawa back in August, and, uh, you know, I was shocked how many uh, mayors or councillors came up and, and said, you know, how proud they were to be a FIO award member and, and part of the top 100. And, you know, I, I recognized a lot of people that do come to our conference and, uh, you know, whether they're councillors or mayors and have accepted awards in the past. So for, for a township or a municipality, it's a big thing to, to be recognized, whether it's the top 100 or any of our achievement awards. Yeah, the FIO Top 100 program is absolutely recognized um, at the local level as well as right across Ontario as being the leading source for promoting quality festivals. Um, it's recognized by festival goers, so obviously our visitors and our um, 
you know, even our own residents who come to these events, but also by any government officials, our sponsors, um, just really as elevating the level of festivals and events, um, the industry itself uh, happening across the province. And I think having these awards just really make sure that we can have these high-profile opportunities to recognize and to promote the 100 top outstanding festivals that happen right across the province. And I'm not sure that you've had a chance to look at our events guide, but Jay uh, in our office here did a fantastic job of recognizing the top 100 throughout the guide with a nice little frame so people can, you know, really quickly identify what are the top 100 festivals to have a peek at. Absolutely. The special promotion that we get through FEO, such as like social media channels, the ease newsletters, the highlight right in the guide, um, you know, being able to brand ourselves exclusively as a top 100 award-winning festival and having that dedicated logo. Um, so it's definitely both ways. It's in your event guide, but also as an award winner, we use that image and that branding um, to help identify our event as a top 100 event. Absolutely. It, the recognition and the exposure is incredible. And it it goes both ways. We get it from FEO, but we also get it from just affiliating ourselves with being a top 100. Yeah, and it's amazing as you drive around the province, the the number of signs that I've seen the FEO top 100 on roadside signs, you know, uh, villages or towns recognizing the fact that they have been awarded the prize. It, you know, it, it's humbling to drive down a, a highway and see that FEO top 100 sign. So it, so it is important to the townships and, and, and the <laughs> cities as well. While we're on the top 100, can you talk a little bit about the process of what goes into making a festival a top 100 and, you know, some important points from your point of view as a committee member for people filling out that application for a top 100 festival, what goes into it? Yeah, so the top 100 application um, is something that you really want to start early in the process. Um, It's really good to have a clear description about your festival or the event identifying what your main objectives are and the target audience that um, your event is really attracting. So being able to make sure that's clear and concise in the application is really important because us as the judging panel, we aren't able to go to every event. It would be amazing if we could, but we just can't. So we rely on a a very cohesive um, application or nomination form to make sure that we really understand what your event is. Um, We also want our event managers to focus on unique components of your festival or event and even include um, testimonials from your own fans or from your own visitors that are coming. So list those five really popular or unique components that make your event um, that top 100. So again, we're really trying to elevate what our festivals are. Um, We also really look for things about how your event contributes to the community or contributes to the region, whether that's through economic impact or giving back to the community or the number of volunteers that it has. Um, You know, those descriptive words on how you your event contributes is really valuable when we're reviewing those nomination forms. A lot of good points there. Is there a common mistake people make or what separates like a festival 101, you know, through 120 from just (laughs) missing out on that top 100? Well, when we're doing the criteria, when we're judging the different events, we really look at the appeal of the festival, the overall quality of the experience. So really trying to differentiate your festival. And I think 
some of the feedback that we get is um, events have always been in the top 100. Well, now there is so much competition out there. We want to make sure that these festivals are still um, striving to be recognized that at that top 100. So looking at the overall quality of the experience, you know, the letters of endorsement, the photo images that really identify what that festival is, that also helps um, give us an idea of what the top 100 experience is. Um, We also look at the write-ups and any sort of promotional material or sample uh, media that you might have. And again, really focusing on that uniqueness of the event. So um, when we're reviewing, you know, the top 100, there are a lot of similar type events that happen in the province. And when we're doing our judging criteria, it's what is those standout events? What are those activities, festivals, and events that are making the tourists um, go throughout the province and also, you know, be returning visitors back to that destination. So that's really important when we're um, evaluating uh, the applications. And then ultimately, we want to make sure that your um, application, which is a hard copy for the top 100, that it is complete, that you answer all the questions in the nomination package, and that you've taken that time to put together um, a very cohesive package for the judging panel to review. And having been a judge once myself, I I was, and I've adjudicated many different um, contests, but I I was really impressed that the the detail that this group goes into when they're evaluating, it's not a quick uh, scan through, check off. I mean, it goes through several different groups and and processes to make sure that that you're getting a really good cross-section and and a really good look at your submission so everything you talked about is really important in that submission the detail um the pictures Mm. the the media press clippings and 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 stuff like that and and that's part of our hope this year is getting this information out early enables you and your your group to capture those great pictures and and videos are becoming more important so you know telling that story and telling your story to others so that they can they can adjudicate the process. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, starting the process early, um, I just include um, the awards applications right into my work plan when it comes to uh, planning out the Small Halls Festival. So it's something that I start as soon as we, you know, look at our next year worth of activities and events. I review the FEO awards Um, program to see, okay, are there elements that we could tailor to fit into one of these festival um, award categories? Or while we're doing the planning process, especially when it comes to promotional material or having newspaper clippings um, or, you know, social media snapshots like screenshots, um, being able to start taking those screenshots early on in the year, as opposed to waiting until after your event is done and, you know, you're doing all your final reports. We don't want the FEO award to be just one more thing that you have to do at the end of your event. It's really good to just build it right into the work plan. And you're right, Dave, I think that's the best way to do it is to start having these conversations earlier and promoting the FEO award system as early as possible. We're talking to Amanda Murray, one of our uh, awards committee members, and we're talking about the Festival and Events Ontario Award Program for 2020. We'll be back in just a minute with more on Feel on the Air. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. 
Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. FIO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to FIO on the Air. Amanda Murray from uh, Township of Clearview is with us. She's one of our committee members on our awards uh, program. We're talking about our 2020 awards. It's really early this year. We're out in front of the festivals. So hopefully uh, people will take notice and, and start planning instead of looking back and wondering what should we submit. You know, they can start putting that in the planning processes. Amanda, we talked really uh, in detail about the top 100. Let's talk about some of our other achievement awards programs. Some are based on um, budget size, some are based on uh, population, and others are just based on individuals. Can you, can you speak to some of those achievement awards? Sure. So I think the easiest category to start talking about are the ones that are not based on any budgets at all. So we really encourage um, the event organizers to start looking early in the year, like you had mentioned, on some of these campaigns that aren't necessarily related to how much budget your municipality or your event has. So examples would include the best youth initiative. So how are you positively incorporating youth into your festival or event programming? Um, there's also a category for best fundraising ideas. So um, fundraising as well as awareness raising programs. So what kind of purpose and objectives do you have with your event that really ties in that fundraising element with your main festival or your main event? And then the other category um, that is really unique to this is the best a new single sponsorship opportunity. So again, it's not related to your budget, but it's this idea that you've created um, a new activity or program within your festival specifically to recruit a new sponsor or to support a new sponsor that's come on board. So those are some of the categories that aren't related to your budget, but it adds that individual element that's really unique to your festival or event. Oh, sorry, you make a good point with the sponsorship thing because a lot of times when you bring a new sponsor on board, you're, you're trying to, a lot of people anyway, try to pigeonhole them into one area or another rather than really listening and building a program around that new sponsor that you know, can broaden your horizon as a, as a festival or event and, and then you know, move it through the, through the process and, and maybe have an award-winning idea with that sponsor. Exactly. So it's really about that synergy between the event organizers or the event in your community and that sponsorship. And you're absolutely right. Like now more than ever, um, you really want to recognize those sponsors and to be affiliated with an award-winning event happening in your community and that recognition across the province, what better way than to go back to your sponsor and say, look at all the great things that you're able to help us with to support this festival. So that category isn't related to the budget, um, but there are some categories where it is related to your overall festival budget. And speaking about sponsors, there is a sponsor of the year category which specifically highlights the sponsor, so not the community funding partner, the actual corporate sponsor, 
that would stand out above and beyond all the other sponsors in your festival or event. And I'm really proud to say that we were the 2019 recipient, Small Halls Festival, as well as Creemore Springs Brewery. Um, they have been one of our leading sponsors since the inception of the festival. And it really speaks to the quality of support that the sponsor gives the event and our longstanding relationship that without the sponsor being at the table, I don't think our event would be nearly as successful and it certainly wouldn't stand out to being such a you know, high quality event or program that we're able to provide without having that direct sponsorship with Creamore Springs. So that's one of those um, categories that you want to start looking and planning ahead to make sure, you know, that you can really detail your event and your festival during the pre-planning stages to kind of support some of those sponsorship initiatives. Some of the other awards that are based on um, budget, and again, the budget allocations are set up in the nomination package, so make sure when you're reviewing those that you're really checking off what um, budget category you fill in. There are also categories for best promotional campaign and best community partner outreach program. So again, these are two really good categories that you can start to review um, during your planning stages, which is exactly why we're talking about it at this point, um, to make sure that when you're making those nominations for your own events and festivals that you're really checking off those um, key elements that we're looking for um, in the different categories so that as a judge we can effectively review and score your different applications. And if you're listening to this podcast, all of the information is available on our website. All of the award forms have been updated and, and the information you're looking for is, is available on our website. And if you had any questions, please get in touch with the FIO office. Uh, we'd be more than happy to, to guide you through the process and help you out with finding what you need. The other thing that I think is really important, and, and it speaks to every festival and event in the province, and, it, and it's outside of budget, but it's volunteer recognition. You know, volunteers are the fuel that drive our festivals, and, and what better way to recognize an individual, a family, or the youth that are, that are the up-and-coming stars of the festival and event volunteer world. Can you speak a little bit about the volunteer program? For sure. So again, um, those are all three categories that we really are striving for. Um, so the volunteer awards, there's no application required. We are looking for the volunteer of the year. So really that key individual that has made your event or your festival so successful. Um, you know, obviously trying to pick one volunteer out of thousands probably in our province is really difficult, but we know that there are some individuals that just consistently go beyond beyond the call of duty every year to make sure that your event is successful. And the FEO uh, award for Volunteer of the Year is just, you know, that kind of pat on the back and that big recognition to um, support those volunteers. The other unique category is the Volunteer Family um, which, you know, in a small rural community, I can definitely attest to this, that it's more than just one person that's volunteering at our festivals. It's the entire family. So it's the parents, it's the children, it's even the grandkids now who have grown up attending the event and they're stepping in to volunteer. So what better way to recognize an entire family than by nominating them with the um, Family Volunteer Award? 
So Amanda, the other thing that we really want to talk about in our awards program are our suppliers. They're, they're important and, and we do have the Service Excellence Awards. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, Service Excellence Award and our suppliers program? Sure. So we call it the Service Excellence Award recognition because it really recognizes the industry suppliers um, that are the behind the scenes in, in many of the cases to making sure that our festivals are um, successful. They work tirelessly to support the event. They play a vital role in um, building those partnerships and um, as well as coming, you know, sometimes coming to the table with those innovative solutions that the suppliers are aware of that really will solve problems with the municipality or, or with the, the festival that um, is kind of reaching out to them. The Service Excellent Awards recognition, similar to the Achievement Awards, um, the supplier does get a guaranteed listing in the Directory of Suppliers Guide. Um, they're listed as well as an award-winning um, component to the FEO program. And you're also um, tagged as an award winner on the FEO website and throughout any other social media, um, news releases, etc. Um, the full uh, listing is, is quite in-depth, actually. There's a number of categories. There's entertainment. There are operational categories. Um, and again, when you're going through the nomination process as a supplier, you really want to make sure that you include a detailed listing of you know, what makes you unique, what provides that outstanding level of quality or that outstanding service. Um, some of the categories include uh, children's entertainment, so specialty performers, uh, musicians, mascot characters. Um, there's also entertainment agencies, so that's the artist uh, representation companies that we, um, many festivals have to work with in order to bring in those headliner events. Um, there's also the alternative entertainment providers, and this one's really unique because it really takes into consideration um, all those extra entertainment um, add-ons, so fireworks or inflatables or those special attractions that make the festival really unique. So um, FEO members are invited to either submit entries. They can nominate themselves. So if you're already a supplier, you can nominate yourself or you can work with one of the festivals or event managers to, um, to nominate another uh, organization. Um, the other category is operational awards. So those are things such as administrative services. So being able, um, perhaps they have event management software or it's a, a marketing or training um, component or they're an insurance provider. Um, there's also the on-site professional services, so whether that's security or medical or fire prevention. Obviously, at the foundation of all major events are those product providers. So it's the fencing and the tenting and the tickets and the wristbands and transportation and um, bleachers and kind of all those logistical elements that make a festival really successful. Um, we really want to make sure that when we're talking to the suppliers or when the suppliers are talking uh, amongst uh, their festivals, that when they're applying for these awards, that we can really show that there's a high level of customer satisfaction and that the initiative that is being nominated really improved um, the overall festival experience. So whether that's behind the scenes with one of those operational awards 
or whether it's right on the main stage, like a performance or entertainment award. And one of the common things we all get asked at, at the award ceremony is, well, how come these guys didn't win or how come this group didn't win or why didn't you recognize this festival or this individual? And, and quite often it's because they weren't nominated. So much like the lottery, in Able to Win, you have to have a ticket and in Able to Win, you have to have a submission made. So that's the importance of thinking about these and looking through the process. That's exactly it. So, I mean, each year we recognize all of our SEO award winners at um, a variety of, whether it's the supplier's luncheon or the gala event um, during the conference. Um, We really want to recognize those accomplishments, but of course you have to make the application um, or take the time out to nominate those suppliers or um, to nominate your own festival. So you're absolutely right. Sometimes we get asked, well, why didn't such and such event win? Maybe they just didn't take the time to apply, and I think that's why it's so important right now to start thinking about um, the awards program. So it's, you know, very early on in the festival season. The deadline is not until November 15th. You know, the earlier you start thinking about it, the more likelihood you are to put together a really comprehensive and uh, outstanding package. We're talking the Festival on Events Ontario 2020 Awards. We have Amanda Murray from the Township of Clearview, one of our committee members, back in just a minute to wrap it up on FIO on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FIO on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to FIO on the air. We've got Amanda Murray from Clearview Township, uh, one of our committee members for our 2020 awards program. Amanda, we've got two uh, areas that I want to talk about. Uh, First being municipalities. This year, some municipalities will notice a difference because we've added a, a fourth municipality category. Can you speak to the rationale for that? Yeah, so in the past, we've always had um, three categories, and they're based on population of the municipality that's applying. And uh, the committee has just um, taken some feedback, and we've been able to review the success of the program, and we've identified that we need to enter um, to have four categories. So the population right now um, is uh, based on whether it's less than 50,000. So in Clearview Township, you know, we have um, considered applying for that because we're under 50,000. Kind of that mid-size range, so that 50,000 to 150,000 people. And then populations right now, um, one of the categories would be for more than 150. But it's just that there's so many great cities in our province that we really need to introduce a fourth category for those larger size uh, cities, those large municipalities. It'll level the playing field um, a bit more. There's obviously municipalities play a critical role in the development and execution of festivals, um, whether it is directly as a festival provider or as a funding resource or at more of a collaborative level. And I think by having the four categories moving forward, we're just going to get really 
quality applications and also be able to recognize um, those municipalities that have had a supportive environment to um, to help with festivals and events in their own municipalities. So if you're in municipality, make sure you check out that, the uh, the forms and you'll you'll see the four categories clearly and hopefully that'll encourage you to to enter some things. Uh, when, when we're talking about our municipal awards, is it their whole season that the committee is looking at um, or is it just how that municipality works in the event world? Um, it's actually a bit of both. So there are quite a few questions that you want to make sure your package um, speaks to for your nomination. Um, ultimately, uh, as we're moving in the province to having a four-season um, festival industry, um, you do want to highlight as many opportunities for supporting festivals in your own municipality. So if it is going beyond just that traditional summer festival season, you, you do want to include that. But it's also about how your municipality supports the festival and events in your own community. So if there is infrastructure in place, um, what type of emergency response plan you have um, with your festivals, how do you provide indirect support? So whether that is um, getting involved um, to source volunteers or to provide um, media support, um, kind of some of those other indirect ways that we are able to influence the success of festivals and events in your municipality. Certainly, uh, you want to show how you directly support the events. So do you have a dedicated support team? Um, do you have financial contributions or value in kind from your budget allocations? And to make sure that you really elaborate on that during your application. There's also, of course, pictures tell a thousand words. So you want to make sure that you do include images and samples of all of these types of um, you know, events and festivals that happen within your jurisdiction. It really does show how much involvement a municipality has to ensure that the success of those events um, really do happen. And the final category I want to touch on, Amanda, it's that Hall of Famer. And, and this is a, a recognition that of individuals that really do go above and beyond their normal job. And, and this, this award is adjudicated through the board of directors and some of the staff um, having some input on some of that information. Can you talk about the Hall of Fame? Yeah, so the Hall of Fame is probably one of my favorite categories, just to, to hear about, um, you know, those long-standing individuals who have dedicated their career to the festival and event industry, um, whether it's directly as an event organizer or through a government agency or a municipality or as a supplier. And they really bring to the table and, and to the entire industry um, that knowledge and that passion um, and that professionalism um, that we really try to achieve in festivals and events across the community. So you're absolutely right. It is a committee um, that approves this application. It's outside of our normal awards judging criteria. Um, we really strive for um, the nominee to, um, to recognize the individual who has been in the profession for relatively uh, often, in, in some cases, a long-standing uh, time, and that they've made an outstanding contribution to the industry. So how has that nominee made a difference in the festivals and events industry? Um, what type of um, career path have they taken? Have they held any um, positions um, or have they been recognized anywhere else? And really one of the big questions that we 
always try to, to get as much information is, would there be a void in the industry if that individual had pursued a different career? So really speaking to the leadership and the um, knowledge that that person brings uh, to it. And I'm really pleased to, to say that we have a outstanding number of people in the Hall of Fame. I believe there's more than 30 different individuals being recognized. A few of my past mentors have been listed in the Hall of Fame. So I think that's the other part too, is it really speaks to supporting new professions that are coming up into festivals and events Ontario and recognizing that long-standing career with the entire industry. Yeah, and that's the great thing about our Hall of Fame is a lot of the individuals are still very engaged, whether it's at that mentor level or or just being around and not wanting to let go of that festival and event world. And, and we're very thankful for that and, and for their guidance and their mentorship in, in that program. Amanda, thank you very much for joining us. Um, our nomination deadline is November 15th. We're really out in front of it this year, so we're encouraging you to think of it in advance of your of your um, festival and events. Have a good look at what's available and, and make sure you you pay attention to detail and, and fill out the forms uh, as required. Amanda, any last word from you before we, we leave today? I just really look forward to having everybody um, in Ontario look at the Festivals and Events Ontario Awards package, and I'm looking forward to seeing some very exciting and unique nomination forms uh, for 2020. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure to talk about I'm Dave McNeil, and we'll talk to you next time on FIO on the Air. Thanks for listening to FIO on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the Air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca.